The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. Thursday Night Football, Week 9. Open up Week 9 with a more... Why are you holding up nine? Okay, you, I thought you were holding up ten fingers. John Breach is trying to mess up. Oh, good gracious, John Breach. Just keep your, keep your fingers to yourself. No one wants to see him. It's week, we're kicking off week nine. The Eagles played the Texans Thursday night football. A better game than we thought it would be. Still a double-digit victory for Philadelphia. Joining me to break it down, Ryan Wilson and John Breach. What's up, boys? Uh, Double-digit win for the Eagles, a moral victory for the Texans. I feel like Breach, uh, we're now 1-6-1, and one, and um, some good, a lot of good on the Texans side. A little sloppy for the Eagles, but this is a situation where, like way first, back in the day. First 8-0 eight, eight no start ever, by the way. First 8-0 no start ever. Way back in the day, Breach, Football Outsiders did this study called Stomps and Guts, and basically what it says is if you're a really good football team, you should be bad football teams by a lot, and then the games against similar competition, it could go either way. This isn't a game where, in last week's game, too, they beat the crap out of the Steelers, as they should have. But this game, they played down to the level of the Texans. You could argue the Texans outplayed them for large stretches, and they still won by 12 points. So I'll ask you, sir, mm. if you have to rank the top three teams in the National Football League. Oh, God, Lord, please don't do this. Where are you putting these Philadelphia Eagles? Throw bring Billy on to do, to do his thing. All right, Billy, come on you can thrash me. I go, Breach, go, Breach. Billy Trice. Do you want me to throw in Billy's face? Is that what's happening here? Are you... No, go ahead. Just give us the top three after the, I just All gave right. you the well, nice lead in. Billy's Eagles are at number not one. <laughs> okay. Two. I got the Eagles at two. I got the Bills at one. I just oh, think the okay. Bills That's great. are the best team I, in the NFL. I like not, that. We're, we are not going to spend. Look, look, I won't let it happen. That's fine. Again, I just asked. We already this. did this. We are not going to spend five minutes arguing about who is the best team in football. No, Billy's here. I wanted to get Bruce's thoughts. I understand. We can move that. on. The, the Eagles. If you want to take Pete Prisco's approach to power rankings, I don't. Which, it, which is no one what? should. Parts. 
Farts? I yeah, he he throws darts at a board. Yeah, Pete farts, and then like depending oh, on the no, I said darts with the team. No, it, it, if you're farts would be funny. If you are, if you are, and I think I actually think that Pete's approach is kind of fair. If you're the reigning Super Bowl champion and you haven't lost, you stay at number one. Once that reigning Super Bowl champion has lost, then the undefe- the only undefeated teams in the league move up to the top. I don't have a problem if anybody ranks the Eagles number one in power rankings. I I just think that if the Bills and Eagles played on a neutral field, the Bills would be favored by Vegas. And that's that fine. Just I just be- asked, asked Breach a simple question. I'm I not just, sure why well, you're getting so angry. I, I'm not angry. I just have one question. Can yes. I can I ask a question? Can yeah, I ask go a ahead. Question? For the two guys that seem to just be Bills fans out of nowhere. I picked um, the Eagles to go to the Super Bowl. Whatever. It's fine. You're showing your true colors. It's okay. It's cool. Damn, Brenton, stop <laughs> showing your true colors. No. So, okay. So, look. If you had a choice between – I'm going to give you some either-ors. The Bills defense or the Eagles defense. Who are you choosing? Breach and Brenton. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I don't think that that's a uh, – Just answer the question. No, we're, at, we're asking – Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think that I'll take the Bills defense as a whole over the Eagles defense. Okay. The, the Bills Breach. are literally giving up the fewest points in the NFL, the fewest yards, and okay. are the best okay. defense by almost every metric. All right, let him ask his next question. Got two Bills. He defense. said, okay, like, did, like, did, like did, I said, okay, the dumbest, okay, the dumbest okay, answer in history. Okay, yeah, did they give up Did okay. they give up 139 yards to a rookie running back on a 1-6-1 and one team, but that was trailing by double digits like the entire second half? All right, what's your, sure next, week, but okay, whatever. what's your next question, Billy? Uh, okay, who's... Who's uh, passing game are you going to say? The Eagles or the Bills? Oh, God, okay, this is where I, I almost said. Hold on. Yeah. I'm asking. Josh I'm asking. The pa- the passing okay. offense? Passing. Passing Brenton. offense. Brenton. Passing offense. What, what is that? This is where I get off the Billy train. Uh, I got to go with the Bills. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no, I'm, I'm asking. There's a reason for it. There's a reason I'm going with it. the only offense in the NFL that's averaging more than 300 passing yards per game, which Let's is the Bills. Okay. I love okay, Jalen Hurts. I think he's taking a huge step this year. A.J. Brown um, is like, you know, if you were like, if you gave me a list of like 10 to 15 family members, you're like, all right, you know, go down the list of like people you love and like slot A.J. Brown in here. He's like number four. But, I mean, you know, like at, at the same time, Stephon, Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen are – and, and gave their, the Bills have a better passing offense, right? And the Eagles have the better rushing offense, right? We can. That's just that's we can all agree on that. Legitimate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's just legitimate. Now, so my I, thing I, is, I, I do think that I would take as a rushing a, a factor in the rushing game. I would take Josh Allen over Jalen Hurts, even though I think Jalen Hurts is. It, we're talking like like two the two best rushing quarterbacks. I mean, in the yeah, league. I don't that's know what if I'm I saying would. though. Like even I don't know if I would either. But like in that situation, you're splitting hairs, and I think defensively you're splitting hairs too because. I mean, the Eagles have the best point. I mean, they're creating turnovers to a game. Like, that's just what they're doing. So, I I, I mean, yeah, the metric analytics can tell you that, but, like, they're creating turnovers, and the turnovers are drastically changing the outcomes of games. The Eagles are awesome. I love the Eagles. Again, I picked them to go to the Super Bowl for the season. I think they're fantastic. (laughs) I have have bets on them to win the division, to win the conference, to win the Super Bowl. I hope they win the Super Bowl. That would be best case scenario for me. Brenton is the biggest Eagles fan in this podcast who's not actually an Eagles fan. Yes. And I'm a lifelong Eagles fan. But but I think that the one thing about the Eagles, and this is, you go back to, and this is not a Jalen Hurts can't win the playoffs. It's because of the way that the Eagles set up as a, like a dominant run team, right? And a team that can pass to win, thanks to the addition of of AJ Brown and because Devontae Smith taking, you know, yeah, he had been explosive this year, but I, I think he's very, very good. 
but the Eagles are not great against the run. And you would prefer if you're an Eagles fan for the Eagles to be running. So if a team gets up on the Eagles and they are forced to pass as the other team is running downhill against a team that can't really stop the run, that's not a great formula. Like let's, let's say, um, put it this way, Super Bowl, the Super Bowl is going on. You start the second quarter down 17, nothing. Would you rather have the Eagles or the Bills? I, I mean, I'm rocking with my guys regardless. But yeah. I mean, like, like, I, would, I wouldn't see. But I wouldn't see. I wouldn't see why you wouldn't take the Bills because of how well they can throw the ball. Correct. But I, they're, I, they're more. I they're, would, they're less susceptible to randomness happening and then being put in a bad position and being forced to do something they don't necessarily do as well as the the Bills. I think you're underselling how good the pass offense is in Philadelphia. Yeah, I mean, this I is the entire premise of me picking the Eagles. Is that Jalen? No, but I think it's, no, no. And, uh, I just think you've seen. I think you've seen more of Josh Allen, so you feel more comfortable and more inclined to take their offense and what you've seen over the past few years over somebody who you've just seen turn over a new leaf. That's the difference in the situation. Because if you're you're, you're splitting hairs, regardless, both these teams are playing out of their mind this year, and the Bills have one more loss than the Eagles, who are undefeated. So either way, all these conversations, you're splitting hairs. Like you're splitting the, the, the smallest of margins over what team is better. You're just – you feel way more comfortable taking the team that you've seen this do for two or three seasons now than you are a team that you've seen run the ball very well for their first season with Jalen Hurts under the helm and now seeing them be able to throw the ball with new additions of A.J. Brown. That's the difference between this. I. Yes, I would agree with the fact that I am more comfortable trusting the Bills in a situation where they're trailing. But I, I really need to point out that I said over and, and again, Billy, you didn't start working. You know, you you weren't producing the podcast before the season, so like, there's no reason you want to hear me repeat this mantra over and over again. I said <laughs> if Jalen Hurts takes any kind of step forward, the Eagles' offense can be really can be good, and if he takes a big step forward, they can be Super Bowl good. Like, and he's taken that step forward. Mm-hmm. I trust Jalen Hurts, but Josh Allen is just an other world. Like. It, it, the bill, I, I, it's we're splitting hairs again. Like I will take the bill. All right, we've talked five minutes. I want you to want to talk five minutes about Billy. Let me ask you a question. Why, why did this Eagles team struggle? And don't say the short week because I didn't play the fourth quarter last week and that ass whooping of the Steelers. <laughs> I mean, I think they struggled. I would say defensively, Jordan Davis was a big miss. You know, having a big body out there like that who absorbs two blocks and and allows your de- your your especially when they're running that five their five defensive linemen look. It doesn't allow your D tackles to get those one-on-one looks anymore. Even though Javon Hargrave really had a great game, he had three sacks tonight. I think the the you know they were feeling a little bit you know the lack the lack of Jordan Davis, and then offensively, I think it's just miscues. I think just you know you know whether it was Stool missing a block on the backside, the or, first you know, fumble you know, of Jalen Hurts uh, the season, the yeah, team, yeah, the entire just, team, yeah. I just think he was confused. Uh, you know, I think Jalen got confused out there. You know, guys were on the same page. But those are the type of things that happen on a short week when you aren't able to install a full game plan and everything's, you know, you know, turned up a little bit. So, I mean, I'm not too worried. I'm glad that we were like – I mean, like Nick Sirianni said, it, going into half, coming out of halftime, you know, this is going to be a dogfight, so you might as well just, you know, immerse yourself in this situation because – it's going to bode well for us down the road, especially going into the playoffs. I thought it was hilarious that Mike um, Al Michaels made the distinction D-A-W-G dogfight, so as not to be confused with Mike Vick and, and his <laughs> issues back in the day. 
I actually missed that. Did he really he was that? definitely trolling up. Yeah, he did. He did. <laughs> Great. Yeah. A lot of interesting things to say. Al, Al, Al is like absolutely like he's been told by people at Amazon like, hey, look, we don't give a flying f if right. you talk about the spread. Because after the game, he goes, "What did we learn tonight?" He goes, "Damian Pearson, good running back. The Texans rebounded. The Texans covered." And we're like Sher- Sherman Williams. We're covering everything on planet Earth. <laughs> what? He, he's and the uh, and the two point conversion mattered for some other people. Like the over under, obviously. He's the grandpa of Thanksgiving. He's so old. That I, he, love, I love. He I gives love. zero. I, I will. I will say one thing though that shocked me and was very alarming. Lane Johnson and more mostly, I would say Jordan Malata struggled tonight to stop uh, Jerry, Jerry Hughes. Hughes. Man, and, and I, 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 I and. That was not comforting to see at all. And I don't know what was going on over there. I don't know if Mylotta was tired, but he got beat badly twice. That led to both the Jalen Hurts sacks. So I, I don't know what's going on there. They needed to definitely tighten that up. But that was weird. I, I was used to seeing that. I have a potentially stupid question, but not that that's ever stopped me from asking stupid questions. But, like, I think it's kind of viable. Appreciate the disclaimer this time, though. <laughs> <laughs> Down hard. Do do you think in any way, form, or fashion that the fact that the I can't believe I'm asking this the World Series between the Phillies and the I know I know I know I'm just saying like the the, the Phillies and the Astros the Houston and the Philadelphia teams are playing in the World Series on the same night that this like. It just had no like energy to this football game because like nobody wanted to go there. I think uh, Eagles fans are probably Eagles players are probably huge Phillies fans. Like I'm not saying they wanted to watch the World Series. I'm just saying that like, do you think that everyone who played for the Eagles knew that this was just not being watched by anyone in Philadelphia at all or anyone in Houston for that matter? And that it was just felt like a it felt like a preseason game to a degree in that sense. I, I, I'm not I'm not trying to suggest that that's a Viable theory. I'm just asking, do you think that mattered at all? Because people, people are saying, people are saying, people are saying, Billy, go ahead, explain that one. I mean, I think I, I don't know about oh. people who aren't watching. I wouldn't say that people aren't watching because I think there was a lot of two TV setups and a lot of houses. A, a, a lot so of people, people were, watching. were watching. I'm just saying, if you had one television, you were a Philly sports fan, you ain't watching the Eagles at the Texans. You're following under no, phone. No, you're not. And you're like, all right, it's 14 all at half. Like, they're still 7-0. and Like, if they lose to the Texans, it's embarrassing. But well, what? it was a full house, I believe. I think part of the issue is, and we heard this early on in the Amazon broadcast at the beginning of the season, that the sound isn't quite right, that you can't hear the crowd noise. There are a ton of Eagles fans there, and they were all cheering. Sure. And Jonathan Alexander, who used to work in Charlotte, now works for the Houston Chronicle, was tweeting about that throughout the game. So they were there. Um, I know you're just asking the question, but I, I can hear. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it, it mattered. I'm just saying, like, look, I can look, hear our boss Eric K driving off a bridge right now, listening to this. Um, we, can, we can only be so lucky. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> just, I love you, K. Um, the no, I mean, I, I'm I, I'm saying that, like, and I and I like, and remember too that originally the World Series was scheduled to be Wednesday, uh, Wednesday and Friday. But the rain delayed game three, pushed it back and matched it up with a Thursday game. So a bunch of Philadelphia people bought tickets, like 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 travel to to Houston, thinking they were going to go to a World Series game, to go to an Eagles game, and then bounce out of there. Well, most of them will go to the World Series game that's going to happen this weekend. So, what's that? In Houston, game five. Yeah, 
That was game five, five tonight. I mean, game, uh, game six. Yeah, yeah, game six. Game six will be this weekend in Houston. So yeah. if they're going to Houston, most of them are actually going to stay and then go to the Phillies game. Right, right, right. But I was saying that, like, originally, anyway, like, I don't want to get, I don't want to Yeah, no, we get it. Let me ask I you a question. I don't about for this tomorrow. I have, a, I have a question for Billy. So, Billy, clearly A.J. Brown is the best offseason acquisition. Is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson number two? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you saw, I mean, you saw. Or Jordan Davis. Uh, yeah, Jordan no. Davis. But you saw Kayvon Wallace back there. He. He ain't it. <laughs> you know, he was good at Clemson, like really good at Clemson, but he is he is not a good pro back there. Uh, so <laughs> he, he's just not. He's not, he's not what we need. And we knew that coming in. That's why the big thing coming into the season was what is Howard Roseman going to do at that safety slot? And when he made that move late in camp late. and bro- very late, like it, it, was, it was the last week when he made that move, we were like, OK, we finally got a safety back there with Epps, who took a step this year as well. You know, it fortifies our defense and, you know, helps our corners as well. So, yeah. So his uh, last four interceptions coming into the game was tied for the NFL league. Now he leads the league, obviously. The last five interceptions have come in the last four games. So he's doing something right. It really really felt like Philly just came out a little flat. Houston was like, this is our – we don't get primetime games. We are we are a thirteen and a half point underdog at home. It is so it is so disrespectful to be a thirteen and a half point underdog. Like to be a two touchdown underdog at home in the NFL is so disrespectful to your team. And I thought that Lovey Smith and the Texans came out with a good game plan. They wanted to run the football. They had a, a nice scripted first drive, and, and then like just basically it came down to like a Alabama versus you know some G five state. <laughs> that is fair, right? I mean, that is fair. That is necessary, but fair. Yes, Devin Larry comes out <laughs> strong. Let's take a break, and when we come back, Ryan Wilson will think of a better analogy to not offend me. Next, <laughs> Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The, the point being is that yes, fine. NC State, like I, I don't know why I feel like I'm going to drop an f bomb tonight. Like, yeah, that's that's what makes you angry. About the you've been close. You. You've been close like two or three times now. No, nah, I don't. I don't. Wilson, you know, Wilson's dropped more f bombs on this podcast than I have. This is true. Has he really? Oh yeah. Very I mean, he's got a little fire to him though. He's got a little. I mean, fire like just let one fly out. And you're like, oh, old man fire. That's right. And he's from the south too, so you know. Well, Al Michael's fire. Uh, the um, the point being, fine, NC State, Boston College, whatever F you want to call it, is that um, like it, it just felt like Philly kind of took over and just it, it got to the point where Davis Mills was he, did, he didn't have a ton of time back there. He had to force the issue several times, knowing that Philly was just sort of 
using their you know superior advantage and talent to take over the game. And, and when he started forcing it, it, it basically you know, flipped it back the other way where Philly was able to kind of pull away and, and, and cruise out of there. I, I don't, I, I think, you know, Wilson mentioned that there are games where, you know, football outsiders point, like it's true. Like if you're a really good team, you stomp your competition. Um, That was like the, the bills lost to the Jaguars last year. They scored six points was such a red flag. So mm-hmm. like Wilson, do you think that this qualifies as a, because uh, it wasn't a dominant win, but it was a, we're just better and deeper and more talented win. So is that a good or bad thing? This is a great win for them. On the road, short week, as Billy likes to say, even though they didn't play the last quarter in that Steelers game, they still won 29-17. It was tied at halftime. And I, they, I think it's tied going to the – it's tied late in the third quarter, right? <clears throat> eight minutes, maybe? Um, no, 21-14 with 8-10 to go in the eight, third eight, quarter. Eight minutes, yeah. They scored yeah. – yeah. So, yeah, they ended up winning by 12. And it – by the fourth quarter, the game fell over. Like that, there was no, at no point that I thought they were going to come back. Um, what do you, you feel but, differently but, than that, Breach? Well, I mean, I think when it was 14 14, you have that like underdog draw in the third quarter. It's like, wow, they're hanging with them. They might be able to sneak this out. And I really think that it felt like it could go either way until Davis Mills literally threw the dumbest interception of Ugh. the week when he's being pressured. You just take the sack. Your defense is forced two straight three and outs to start the second half punt it away, get a touchback or pin him inside the 10 yard line or something. Let your defense continue to roll. No, you throw a dumb interception. The Eagles get the ball at the 17 yard line and drive 17 yards to take the lead. And at that point, it really felt like it was over. But I mean, the Eagles struggled in the second half, but I don't think it really felt like the Eagles maybe underestimated the Texans in the sense that they thought they were going to go in there and win 42 to nothing. And they got there like, okay, this team's uh, okay. And oh boy, this guy, Damian Pierce actually can run the ball and find any hole, no matter how big it is, uh, whether it is a big one or a small one. And uh, that Al Michael joke, uh, well, I was going to throw the gaping in there. Oh, okay. I was wondering about you. the podcast. So I'd left it out. Uh, yeah. So, and then with the first half, it, it's not like Philadelphia, the Eagles, were awesome offensively. I mean, they drove up and down the field. The only reason they didn't score on the fumble drive is because the center snapped it before Jalen Hurts was ready. That drive, they were they moved like 50 yards in three plays. They were probably going to score another touchdown. They were already in field goal range. And so if the snap doesn't come early, they probably go up 21 to seven at that point or 14 to seven. And it would have been 21-7. Then it probably turns into a blowout. And then 37 seconds right before the end of the half, boom, they moved down the field goal range in 34 seconds and didn't have any trouble moving the ball. So it just felt like uh, their defense struggled a little bit in the first half, their offense struggled in the second half. But again, short week on the road, prime time. And you know what? The end here is that they handed the Texans their second biggest loss of the season. It's a feisty Texas team. So you look at it that way. They gave the Texans one of their biggest beatdowns of the season. It wasn't all bad. And so, not to rub salt in the wound, Breach, but when you look back at the Monday night game, that's an example of a team that should be better than they are not showing up. And I'm not being a jerk. I'm being serious. Like the, the Bengals. Bengals, game, Bengals, Bengals no showed Monday night. But but also they, like the like, uh, I think that's a good point. Like if the if the Eagles no show Thursday in Cleveland, or they should no show Thursday in New York against the Giants in a divisional game. Do they get out of there unscathed? I, I don't I don't know that they do. No, the timing ended up being right, but that's sort of the whole point of the football outsiders thing from back in the day. You beat bad teams soundly. Like there's no there's no confusion. 
And they, I mean, look, the Browns played the best game they played all season in that win, but the the Bengals, I think, Breach, you would wouldn't argue that that was their worst game of the season as well. Yeah, I, I mean, and that's the thing happens if you come out and fall on your face, and you're facing a team that takes advantage of it quickly. You know, if the Texans had jumped out to a twenty-one-seven lead, it would have been like, oh crap, like what's going on here? Kind of like you know, the Browns just pounced on the Bengals. They were shell shocked, and it was over. And in this game, it felt like uh, Nick Sirianni. You know, was the Browns' loss even the worst loss of the Bengals' season? Though? I mean, they lost to Cooper Rush and the Steelers. <laughs> And the Steelers? Oh, 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 He's got all of the stuff going. I love Rushed a lot of teams. It's like and TJ Watt was playing for the Steelers. And to be fair, Joe Burrow had just come off surgery and lost 20 pounds. This is true. Uh, he had his appendectomy removed, Brenton. I'm going to ask a question about Davis Mills. Are you guys ready to hear it? No. Sure. Let me ask you this, Breach, since you haven't been talking very much. People in the chat are worried that you're being too quiet. <laughs> The Texans have, as we sit here, the number two pick and the number nine pick, thanks to the Sean Watson trade with the Browns. After seeing Davis Mills, bye, Billy. Are we having a quarterback conversation, or is Davis Mills the guy? Oh, there's... It, I was, I was it, asking Breach because he didn't get a chance to talk, but you can interrupt him. I'll shut up. and you Go ahead, Brenton. <laughs> no, no, you talk. You, you answer the question, I'll drink. And where I see the they have the number two and the number nine pick? Yeah. I mean... If a quarterback you like falls in your lap. first right now? Sorry, I can't shut up. Uh, Detroit. I think you consider it. Consider it? Like, have you seen Davis Mills? You're taking a quarterback. Davis Mills. Taking a quarterback. If, again, we talked about this on Monday. Can't keep anything straight. Maybe Sunday. Don't worry about the day. Go ahead. Or maybe maybe we talked about this earlier this week. Okay, there you go. If there is a quarterback prospect available when you are selecting and you believe that he will be a future potential franchise quarterback and you are not reaching for him because you think you need a quarterback, then it is a no brainer that you take a quarterback with two picks in the top 10, a no brainer. The chat is split. Some people think that Davis Mills is okay, including Billy. And some people think that Davis Mills is not the answer. Well, he was missing his top two receivers, and he sure. made a couple really good throws. And yes, he made a boneheaded interception. It was just because it was a stupid decision, not a. Any, and that goes along with getting playing time. Uh, you know, what if they win their next four games? Yeah, what if they go undefeated? I mean, what are you talking about? They can't go undefeated. They've already lost six games well. for the remainder of the season, sir. <laughs> Actually, Breach kind of annoyingly Breach. You know, Breach, like Breach, Breach wouldn't. See, that's the thing that's annoying about Breach. Give me the four games. They're not going undefeated. At the Giants. No. Commanders at home. We'll at see the Dolphins, well. And Browns at home. I mean, it could happen. Like, it's John Watson's first game back. It's, it's, the, it's probably not going to happen. But the chances of that happening are less than 3%. All right, go ahead. So you're Peter. telling me there's a chance. Absolutely but not. I, my, my point is that um, this is not an anti Davis Mills thing. It's just. A reality being the NFL thing. You, if you have a, a strong grade and a strong evaluation on a quarterback prospect who is highly coveted and you have multiple first round picks and you just, you can't pass on that by saying, we think Davis Mills might be the answer. Now, again, Devil's Avocado. We saw with the Bills and we're sort of seeing it now. With the, the, I think the Jets tried to do it, but maybe got a little too rushed. The Bills built out everything around uh, Josh Allen and then dropped Josh Allen into the ecosystem. 
That's what the Texans. One thing quickly before you finish, though. Uh, Davis Mills is on the four-year contract because he's a third-round pick. Yeah, so you don't have a fifth-year option. So you got to hurry that process up, is what I'm saying. And this is his, it's his second year. Yeah. I mean, well, if if just hypothetically, I I don't I don't really love Ohio State quarterbacks in general. Okay, well there are a couple other ones out there, but go ahead. I mean, there's never been a really good one who's. No, no, a couple other quarterbacks you can draft. I don't know what I'm saying. Just hypothetically, C.J. Stroud. Okay. Bryce Young goes one. Sure. If the, Tex- the, if, if the Texans love C.J. Stroud, like, man, this guy this guy's a potential future franchise quarterback. I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying hypothetically. Then you take him at two. If you don't, if, if you're like, well, we don't really like any of the quarterbacks here, but we do need to go ahead and draft him because we're not sure Davis Mills is the guy, you don't do that. And last year, to that point, they took Derek Stingley and they took Kenyon Green. Both right. those guys it, are starters, and both those guys have a chance to be really good. They did the smart thing last year. You just keep doing that. That's the beauty of Davis Mills, and I think it's sort of it's like a <laughs> cheaper version of Jared Goff in Detroit, where you can you can push back your decision on your prospect evaluation because you have somebody on your roster that you think may be okay. My only issue with that, not you saying in particular, but it's people said all the time, well, we don't need it. We'll wait a year. You don't know what the hell is going to happen next year. I mean, we talked about the tank for two, thing that didn't work out and then it did work out. You, you just don't know. I get it, but sure. So, um, but, but, but the problem is if you, if you force the issue, well, yeah, then you're you stuck get, with a guy for the next four years, you get Kenny Pickett. Yes. Uh, or Zach Wilson. Davis, yeah. Davis Mills is 32nd in value per play according to Football Outsiders. And, you know, to Breach's point, it's not entirely his fault. It just measures your what you do on a per play basis based, compared to all the other quarterbacks. He's just behind Joe Flacco, just ahead of Carson Wentz. And he's just ahead of, God, Jesus, Mac Jones. <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> so, I mean, I get it. I, I, you know, JLC, I think, wrote in the Washington Post that the Texans don't love. Davis Mills, but I've heard that they're okay with him as well. So I don't know where they're coming down on it. Breach, it seems like you're willing to to wait and see. Well, I just think the Texans have so many holes on their roster that yeah. I want to see where the draft board is when these I'm saying, all right, here's the quarterback I want. This is what I'm eyeing. But you know, if one of these guys are there, if they're not picking number one, maybe the Lions take a quarterback because they're finally over Jared Goff. I'm I I just there's just so many holes to fix that. I wouldn't just automatically commit to taking a quarterback, but it's definitely on my radar. Okay. All right. I was just wondering. One position that's not on the radar, running back. Damian Pierce is awesome. Beast. Fourth round pick, and now Michael's mentioned he's, this he's talking to unbelievable. Talking to Herb uh Herbie on the on the old show there. How did he last to the fourth round? Well, it's because he's a running back, and that's that's literally it. Like it's sometimes just so hard to tell. And they're they're you know, we say it all the time, half joking, but also half serious. They're they're interchangeable. And, you know, Damian Pierce, uh, I'm trying to think last year, who's the first running back? Oh, it was Brees Hall and, and um, Ken Walker the third. Both went in the second round. And both those guys are incredibly dynamic. Unfortunately, Brees got hurt. Uh, Damian Pierce is in that same conversation. He just happened to go in the fourth round. And we see guys that go on day three frequently come out and, and have good seasons, whether you're one or you're two. So it's not that uncommon, but great find by the Texans. And he's he's been spectacular. Yeah, I mean – you look at what he did during the preseason. He was one of those guys that got all hyped up. But, you know, when you're a running back in the preseason, the NFL, it's like, okay, let's hold our horses here because we don't know that's going to translate to the regular season. 
And then the first game against the Colts, he only rushed for like 30 yards. And then uh, the high- Rex Burkhead out snapped him like 85% to like 15. Which, well, everyone was like, what is the Texans coaching staff doing? What's fire love you, Smith? Like, why is the guy that was so good in the preseason not getting any snaps? Uh, and that, yeah, so he rushed 11 times for 33 yards against the Colts in week one. And then it was like, after watching those clips, the, the, the coaching staff was like, okay, this guy definitely has to be in here. And he's just been kind of on a tear since then. He struggled a little bit against the Titans last week. But besides that, he's gone for at least 69 yards. Uh, yeah, and every- He runs hard. He runs into contact. He runs He finds contact. every single hole. Just he runs every- these giant gaping holes with like, like, this, like a Cadillac. By the way, did you see Cadillac Williams is the interim coach at all? Yeah, that's awesome. So here's here's a fun fact from the uh, CBS Research Department. Coming into this game, Damian Pierce was average. Let me I'll ask you this: How many yards do you think Damian Pierce averaged before contact coming into this game? Like, how far did he get after the ball was handed off to him before he was touched by a player on the other team? I think Al Michaels mentioned the podcast like two feet. Oh, absolutely! It's, yeah, it's, it's zero point seven yards. <laughs> <laughs> that ranks fifty second out of fifty three qualified. Rushers, I can only imagine that Najee Harris is 53, but um, he has five. Oh, he had, Canada. He had 439. Oh, actually, he had 539 rushing yards coming into this game, which was 12th most in the NFL. He added 139 to that. And um, he actually, I tell you what, he got beyond two feet this time uh, against the um, the Eagles. And as Billy noted, it probably had something to do with Jordan Davis not being there. But credit to him and credit to, uh, to Pep Hamilton. And uh, think about how quickly he's getting hit, and he still has 678 rush yards on the season after tonight. He doesn't uh, get he's those giant that that, 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 uh, that You want to hear a sad fact? Yeah. Do you know who the Steelers interviewed for their offensive coordinating job? Oh, no, don't say it. Before, Pep Hamilton. Ooh, that's tough. They Actually, uh, it really, it, not that anybody cares, but as I, I mentioned before that we started the podcast, I was looking at these like old emails who we hired, and it's hired Dave Doran because he brought, I think he brought Matt Canada with him. From Northern Illinois, like that's where Matt Canada. I think that's right. I did a little launching pad, but I was like reading an old article about it. It was like after the four people they planned to interview, their backup, uh, their backup options were Alabama defensive coordinator Kirby Smart and Matt Campbell at Toledo. Oh, so you took you took the L on that one. Is what you're saying? Um. Man. What? what? I'm just looking at these numbers. How good AJ AJ Brown is. So AJ Brown came into this AJ game. Aver- so good. Came into this game averaging um 16.9 yards per reception, which is number five in the NFL. Um tonight he was only 459, but he didn't have that touchdown. And let me let me throw another fun fact at you. He's averaging coming into this game. Let's go down a little bit after this game, but coming into the game, he had 94.1 reception yards per game. The second most by an Eagles player in a season. Who was number one? All to all time. Receiving yards per game in Eagles history. Yeah, I'll just I'll give you a hint. So uh, la- okay, I want to give you a hint though. I was gonna say Deshaun Jackson or Jeremy Macklin. Those are two good guesses. Breach, do you have a guess? Uh Terrell Owens. You oh. looked at the you looked at the paper. No, no. It's hundred percent to you. Why wouldn't I guess Terrell Owens? Um, How many other big names? Sorry that your guesses were bad, Brinson. <laughs> yeah, TO. So AJ Brown. Uh, um, good trade, it turns out. <laughs> ducks down and looks and he's like, uh, I don't know, Terrell Owens. I was hoping you would not tell him yes so we could see if Billy would get it right. Oh, but. Billy, Billy knew. Billy I knew the answer. I knew the answer. <laughs> see, Billy knew the answer. Look at the paper. Billy took his Eagles quiz for the Brent game. And us true Eagles fans knew the somebody, answer. Somebody asked why I'm wearing a hat. It's because I love Steely Dan. Is that a Steely Dan hat? It is a gotcha hat. 
I don't know what that means. Tomorrow is Brinson's hair plug appointment. The plugs are falling out right now. Uh, my hair is actually all over the place right now. He was asked to wear oh his hat gosh. by his hair plug guy. What if he took his hat off and he looked like me, Breach? How awesome would that be? <laughs> no, what if his hair- Personally, I wouldn't take this level of disrespect. <laughs> what if his hair came off with the hat? There it is. Uh, it's I all see, there. I see the whole, I see where it's falling out. Okay. He He's got to get, get to the appointment. I, mean, I have a so, hat. So insulting. People are like, uh, all right, I'll ask one more question. We can bonk out of there, out of here if oh, we want. Sorry, oh, oh, there's the well, you asked me the question. You asked Breach a question. We'll be right back. I got Breach, how confident do you feel in your Brinson Sucks hat that Lovey Smith will not suffer the same fate as David Cully and get fired after one season? Uh, I don't think he will because the Texans realize the ugliness of those optics of firing two African-American coaches after one season. Uh, David Cully should not have been fired. No. Uh, that team was horrible last year. He got as much out of them as any coach possibly could have. Uh, and this year, I feel like they also have been, you know, obviously this is not a good team, but you look at their overall schedule. They have uh, three losses, including last week's to the Titans. Three of their six losses have been by one score. Uh, so they're in games and they were in the game today or against the Eagles. So I, I don't think at this point, that I would fire Lovey Smith, but if uh, you know if they lose out or something like that, then maybe you can consider it or uh, get you know only one win the rest of the season. I think he needs to win two or three more games just to justify staying. That's just fire Lovey. I, I don't it. think he, he cannot go winless. You go winless, that gives the Texans the excuse to fire him. It, they've already yeah. won a game. No, I, I said from here on out. Oh, right, right. What you said down one. Uh, sixteen and one would be a bad look. Yeah, not great. Uh, I was yeah. trying to go find this. Somebody asked in the chat the other day. They're like, "Do you have any Brady Quinn football show hats?" And I was like, "No, but our Lewis, our buddy." Oh, well, Lewis made those. Great. Yeah. Those are awesome. I love you. Put your name in small print. Brady Quinn football show with Will Brinson. I have yeah, one if you're watching. The- if you're watching on YouTube, you can see the Brady Quinn football show T-shirts right, with Will Brinson. Great job, Lewis. Lewis comes through time and time again. This is a um. That's a politely. Impolite. Oh, good lord! It's a big shirt. Um, I don't think very impolite. Guessing my size there. Um, if anybody wants a Brady Quinn football show shirt, we'll do a giveaway at some point in the next couple of weeks. Giveaways. We need more giveaways. We do. Um, Brent will fr- fly you to Raleigh and take you to an NC State game. So, somebody in the chat is saying that it would be one fifteen and one. That is correct. Yes, one sixteen and one. Again. That's the NFL's fault, okay? You can't go to an odd number of games after like a lengthy amount of time having 16 games and ju- just just go to just just wait and go to 18. It'd be so much easier. All right. Anything else we got? Uh, we- so this is a question for Wilson. Of these two teams, which one is more likely to make the playoffs? <laughs> Hopefully it's the East. I was trying to do the math. You know, I asked my 11-year-old all the time. This my my roommate used to ask me this in college as a philosophy major. And he was just he was crazy. And I lived with him a little bit afterwards in Boston when I was shut to college. But I asked my eleven year old this all the time, and it feels like that sort of question: uh, Would you rather be rich or stupid? <laughs> and I had to think. I had to make sure that I was getting that right. Uh, yeah, I think the Eagles breach is my answer. Yeah, that's a good answer. You'd, you'd rather, and for the record, yeah, you'd rather I'd, be rich. By the way, I'd rather be. St- oh wait, yes, rich. <laughs> <laughs> you'd rather be rich. Stupid or rich? 
Stupid and rich is actually the perfect lane. That's the perfect way to go through life. Yeah, like you don't want to be smart and poor. That's attractive and idiotic. Like that's a question. Like a would you rather question? Would you rather be smart? I would you rather be smart and ugly or or like attractive and stupid? Attractive and stupid all day long. I'm, I mean, like I'm not. Trust me, I know. Because you're so smart and ugly. There you go. You got it. That was the right. Oh, that was the right dog. Down hard. All right, that'll do it for us. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. For Breach, for Wilson, for Brady Quinn's football shirt shirt. I'm Brinson. We'll see you guys later. (laughs) 